today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. None of us, none of us, not one of us, knows the depth of sin in our own hearts. We're depending on God every step of the way. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, deliver us from evil, lead us not into temptation. There Peter is. God's going to reveal Peter to Peter. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Often we have sin in our lives, and we do not even realize how it is affecting us and others. In today's message, Pastor Ed examines the life of Peter to illustrate how the Lord can shed light on the dark places in our heart in order that we may be better used for His glory. When Peter first began to follow Jesus, he was a prideful man. However, when Peter failed Christ by denying Him three times, Peter was forever humbled. When the Lord reinstated Peter, he was used mightily. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. boats that Peter used to take out to fish on and those nets and that house, well, it's decayed. Everything we see in this world decays. But what we place up there and what we invest in heaven is absolutely eternal forever and ever and ever and ever. You don't have to paint that mansion in heaven. (laughs) One coat will do it. It'll last for eternity. See, it's forever. And so what Peter is saying that don't place your values in this present world because this present world is passing away. Peter caught the call, and he's processing the call. His faith was maturing. I like what C.S. Lewis said. If you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did most for the present were just those who did most for the next. There used to be a saying, and And I think Christians were guilty of it at times. But don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. But the pendulum has swung to the other side. The church has become so earthly minded that we're no eternal good. It's all about today. No, today is important, but we must not forget eternity. And this is what God calls us to. This is what God was calling to Peter. Could you imagine if Peter simply said, wait a minute, I have a nice fishing business. I'm not ready yet. I'm not going to respond to that call yet. Wow. We would have never had First and Second Peter. We would have never had the story of a life changed. You could have gotten the greatest archaeologist and the greatest historian together, and they could have searched the historical records, and they wouldn't even have found a mention of Peter. But his relationship to Christ and his obedience to the call of Christ meant that his contribution to life would go on throughout all eternity. And 2,000 years later, his response by the Sea of Galilee to Jesus is being talked about. When Jesus calls us to follow him, 
He takes up the responsibility to transform us. That's a work. That's a work for sure. But he takes that responsibility to change us, to make us, to mold us. And in verse 17, it says, Come follow me, Jesus said, I will make you. Jesus is working in Peter's life all through Peter's life. That commitment that he makes is an ongoing, growing commitment. Now, as soon as you come to Christ, the very first day, you kneel at the altar, you pray in your room or wherever you're at, and you, and you pray the sinner's prayer, and you're opening your heart to Jesus. That very first day, something happens, a miracle happens. Paul talks about it in Corinthians. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is come. There's a, an immediate transformation that begins. But that transformation is ongoing. Peter needed a lot of changing. He did. I mean, he wasn't ready to lead that apostolic man. He wasn't ready when he received the call, the right first and second Peter. But God was going to work consistently, faithfully in his life all through the years. How does God often do that? You know what he does? He sends you what you don't like. No, he does. He does. You don't like it, but it's for your good. You know, it's, it's, it's the medicine you need. He sends you a trial. Lord, I don't need any more trials. I've had enough. Give them to the deacons or to the pastoral staff. I don't need any. Well, he's still working on you. He's still working on me. And to the day we leave, we're going to have trials. But what happens in the trials? In the trial, a self-revelation. Have you ever worked with some people and they just don't have certain skills? And they think they do? I mean, you're working with someone and, 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 you know, and they want to aspire to do this and they want to aspire to do that. And it's just not their gift. But they can't see it. They're just sort of blind. Well, we all have blinders. We're blind to our exceeding sinful heart. We're blind to so many of our flaws and weaknesses. Peter was. Look at the trials that God brings into Peter's life. Now, here's Peter one day, and he sees Jesus perform a miracle. There's a wonderful catch of fish. And he's a fisherman, and he knows it's a miracle because that shouldn't have happened the way it did. And in Luke 5.8, you see Peter's response. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I was at the beginning. Remember when you prayed at the altar, or you prayed in your home, and you accepted Christ, and you said, Oh, Lord, I am a sinful man. I'm a sinful woman. Well, you really didn't understand the depth of those words. None of us knows how sinful we really are. The heart is deceitful above all things. And trials and tribulations and troubles bring out that self-revelation so that we can go to God and say, Oh God, here I am. And that's what happened 
in Peter's life, Peter is self-confident. Now, he thinks he's better than others. Yeah. He says, all these guys betray you? Not me, Lord. What happened? He fled in the garden in the moment of crisis when they came to take Jesus. Uh, Peter, he boasts. Lord, you could depend on me. Jesus says, wait with me one hour in the garden in prayer. And he's fast asleep. Jesus is alone in prayer. Again and again, God is showing Peter how sinful a man he was. Peter was impulsive. I mean, he, he was just that way. He, his foot was in his mouth more than it was on the road. I mean, he would say things before his mind ever went in gear. But yet, God loved him. And God was going to refine him. This self-confidence in Peter had to be broken. This pride in Peter had to be broken. And he's going to see how sinful a man he is. He is extreme. With Jesus, Jesus wants to wash the disciples' feet. You know that story in the Gospel of John, especially I think in the 13th chapter where he's washing the disciples' feet. I have, when I went to Israel, I got one of the, um, they had made a model and they had carved it out in wood, olive wood, of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Well, Peter, when Jesus began to do that, said, Not me, Lord. You're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, Well, you have no part with me if I don't do that. And he said, Oh, Lord, my hands, my head, my feet, everything. He was so, he was so impulsive. And he was inconsistent. And he, he had this revelation of where the Gentiles and the Jews would, should be together in fellowship. And then... When some people came from Jerusalem to Antioch, his courage melted. And he didn't want to fellowship with them. And that was even in his older years. None of us, none of us, not one of us, knows the depth of sin in our own hearts. We're depending on God every step of the way. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, deliver us from evil, lead us not into temptation. There Peter is, and God's going to reveal Peter to Peter. There was one statement in the application Bible, it was powerful, it said this, it is better to be a follower who fails than fail to be a follower. The one thing about Peter, he responded to the grace of God. He get up again, he got up again, he kept on serving, kept on going forward with the Lord. Now, God didn't leave Peter the same. Self-revelation, when you apply grace to it, brings transformation. Self-revelation, when you receive the grace of God, will bring transformation in your life. Now, let me give you an example. One day they're talking about forgiveness. And Peter comes to Jesus. And the rabbi said, listen, you ought to forgive so many times. Peter is going to exceed that. He says, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Peter was being very generous. Not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Put away the multiplication table. What it is, it's saying that you've got to keep on forgiving. Now, thank God that Peter started to get a hold of that because he needed a lot of forgiveness. 
he messed up big time. And what happened was God was showing him that Peter, you're going to need grace. You're going to need mercy. You're going to need forgiveness. Because I spoke a prophecy over your life, Peter. Someday you're going to be a rock. Going back to John's gospel in the first chapter. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter, or a stone. See, Jesus gave a prophetic word over Peter. Peter, you're going to be a rock. When God calls you, he commits himself to make you and to mold you. You are clay in the potter's hand that he is molding. And that's what's happening in Peter's life. God's molding his life. Jesus again and again is saving him. I mean, Jesus is walking on water. Peter sees it. Boy, that's a nice thing. I'd like to try that. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you. The Lord says, okay, Peter. So Peter walks on the water, and then he's looking at the winds and the waves and says, wait a minute, this is impossible. And down he goes, and he cries out, Lord, save me. Again and again, God saved him. Uh, Peter, one day, has this conversation with Jesus, and Jesus tells him something incredible. He says, Peter, Satan has desired you. He wants to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. There was a warfare going on in the heavens that Peter wasn't even conscious of, but Jesus knew about. And so Jesus said, Peter, I'm praying for you. I think about the time that Peter was in prison, and James is killed and executed. The story is in Acts chapter 12. There in Acts chapter 12, James is killed, but the church is praying for Peter, and God delivers Peter miraculously. I mean, you could look back on the journey. How many times has God protected you, intervened for you, saved you? I think when you get to the end of the journey, you're going to be amazed at the time that God deployed angels. Angels from heaven to protect you. So Peter comes to the place where he's transformed. He's being changed by the grace of God What happens is when you follow Jesus, he'll make you. And as he makes you, you'll fulfill your mission. A life mission. It's found in Christ. And that's where it is always found. Otherwise, we just flounder through life. Look again at the text in Mark chapter 1. You see the call to a life's mission in Christ. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon... And his brother Andrew casting and heading to sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, Jesus said. I'll make you fishers of men. All at once, they left their nets and followed him. He had a mission. Pastor, wait a minute. I don't fish. I don't like fishing. What does that mean for me? Well, let Peter speak to you. From 1 Peter 4.10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. 
Use them well to serve one another. So you may not be the type of person that could get up before people and speak. You might not be a Jeff Mankey who could just so readily be used in so many different ways. Uh, Your gift may be different. It may be that you help others in quiet, simple ways. Or it may be that you're someone who's going to help out in the nursery. Or it may be that you're someone who's going to volunteer. Or maybe you're good in administration. Maybe you're good in encouragement. But God's given you a gift. He knows that gift. And when he calls you and he says, follow me, that gift is to be used for the good of others. To make an impact. But what happens is this. You get derailed. You get discouraged. And God again and again has to revisit that mission with you. You have problems and all of a sudden those problems just seem to overwhelm you and you, you want to stop. That's what happened to Peter. And it's recorded in the end of the gospel. But he says to his uh, friends, his, the other apostles, I'm going to fishing. Ah, they said, we'll go with you too. It was like Peter was turning back. And then Jesus appears on the shore. And he, he notices Jesus and he swims towards him. And then after they had a meal, Jesus talks to Peter. And he says, Peter, do you love me? And then Peter says, Yes. I want to focus especially, though, on what Jesus said. Then, okay, feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Verses 15 to 7. Again, Peter, remember what I called you to do? So often we forget. Burdens, the problems, the discouragements, all sort of add up. And they can keep you from being all that God wants you to be and do all that God wants you to do. And perhaps some of you are here this morning and you're just thinking, I don't know if I want to help. We need help in rangers and we need help in missionettes and we need people who are going to volunteer in the nursery. We need people who will sing in the choir. We need people who are going to take and use their gifts for the Lord to go down where those who have been affected by that storm. Sandy, and maybe some of you can't carry as much, but maybe you can... Do less, but just to be there, just to help. Using that gift for God, for the kingdom, that makes a difference. And so we have to sometimes revisit that mission. And maybe this morning I'm speaking to someone and you sort of dropped the ball. You've left the court. You're not shooting the hoops. You've just simply not even sitting on the sidelines. You're outside. God says, revisit, revisit. And it comes out of a relationship with God as you follow him, as you allow him to make you and to mold you. Watch watch what happens. The mission is fulfilled. In Acts chapter 2, verses 40 to 41, it's after the resurrection, after the ascension, It's the day of Pentecost. Peter continued preaching for a long time. I don't feel bad bad today. Strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. Those who believe that what Peter said were baptized, added to the church that day, 3,000 in all. Wow. Wow. Peter opened the door of the gospel on the day of Pentecost. Now, later on, Peter again would open the door of the gospel. He's at the home of Cornelius. And he preaches the gospel, and a bunch of Italians get saved. Hallelujah. 
and Gentiles are crowding into the church. What happens is, see, God has a mission. He said, Peter, you have a mission. You have a purpose. Fulfill that mission. If Peter would have just stopped then, we wouldn't have 1 Peter we wouldn't have Second Peter. We wouldn't have the words of encouragement that we're going to hear over the weeks to come. Peter, 30 plus years later, after he responded to the call, would write First and Second Peter. And shortly after that, after Second Peter, he talks about his impending death. He, he knew that it was his time. He knew that God was going to call him home. And Jesus had prophesied to him at the lake. Jesus said, Peter, someday you're going to die, and you're going to die by crucifixion. That's no comfortable death. It's over 30 years later. Peter's in Rome, and he's preaching and ministering, and Nero is the emperor, and Nero is murdering Christians. The Christian community said, Peter, you got to leave. You're too valuable. You're one of the few apostles left. Leave. Peter begins to leave Rome, and he's going out on a road according to tradition, and he has a vision. In that vision, he sees Jesus. And Jesus is headed in the opposite direction, towards Rome. And Peter said, Lord, where do you go? And Jesus replies to him, Peter, I go to Rome to be crucified. Immediately, Peter knew what that meant. He turned around, went back to Rome, preached and ministered. They captured him, and they sentenced him to crucifixion. Peter had one request. He said, my Lord... I'm not worthy to die like he did. Crucify me, yes, but upside down. And they crucified him upside down, and as they crucified him, he shared the gospel with others. And then he entered heaven. Peter knew the ups and downs of the Christian life. He knew some scary things about himself. But he knew about the grace of God. And he writes to you and me these words in 2 Peter. 2 Peter 1.3 Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. The best invitation you ever received was when Jesus called you out of darkness into life. And he's given you everything you need to fulfill that call from the beginning of the journey to the end of the journey. It's all found in intimacy and in a relationship with him. We hope you've been blessed by the teaching of Dr. Edward Jones in the book of 1 Peter and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. 
Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Get to know the wonderful people behind Building in Faith and learn what we believe as a church and desire to share with everyone who listens. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source of spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are all encouraged in God's Word and are extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. If you are in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, we welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of 1 Peter. Your word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio willowcreek.com summit.